My name is Sue Carr. I'm a solutions manager at Catalyst Data Management, and my work seeks to understand proprietary well data and all the data that you can't get at the regulator and how you manage and store that and make that accessible to geoscientists. Hello, my name is Andrew Gary, and welcome to Seismic Sound Off In-Depth Conversations in Applied Geophysics. In this episode, I have a conversation with Sue Carr and Patrick Moroni on the life of the well from the February 2022 special section in The Leading Edge. Sue and Patrick discuss the importance of a shared definition of a well, spotlight the most important well component for geophysicists, highlight the five life cycles of a well, and break down why well logs are the key piece for successful drilling. This conversation will help geophysicists better connect their work across the entire production chain and support their work in being more useful and practical to others. Visit seg.org podcast to find the links for this month's special section. This episode is sponsored by Geospace Technologies. As the leading innovator and manufacturer of wireless seismic data acquisition systems, Geospace Technologies offer a series of seabed, wireless seismic data acquisition systems designed for extended duration seabed seismic data acquisition. Geospace is committed to setting new standards for quality, performance, reliability, and cost savings to EMP companies and marine geophysical contractors. Also, stay through the end of this episode to learn how in under five seconds, you can show your appreciation for this free podcast. And now, my conversation with Sue and Patrick. Well, data is always on the tip of everyone's tongue these days when it comes to geophysics. And and February's special section, The Leading Edge, touches on a, a little kind of different topic for the magazine on the life of the well. And let's kind of start with the basics that may not be so basic, uh, maybe for a geophysicist, or maybe it's been a long time. What is the definition of a well? So that is a really good question. And, and across an organization, quite typically, people don't agree with that. A piece of work was done by PPDM, which is a professional petroleum data management association. And I think about 2006 to 2009. And as an industry and regulators and data vendors, we got together and agreed what the different components of a well would be called so that we were all talking the same language. It was an interesting project. I got to work on that as a business analyst. So it was an interesting project for me. And it was amazing how different the opinions are on what a well is. A well, in the true definition, is where the well bore cuts the ground, or the drill bit cuts the ground. What might happen for a scientist working with a vendor, a service provider, or a regulatory agency when they're not clear on the definition of a well? Why does it really matter to have that clarity before you even start? Well, it's, it's important to have a common understanding of what you're going to be discussing. I mean, if you want to be efficient in way you're delivering services and, you know, the and clear about the things you're talking about, it's very important that you have a common understanding of, you know, the components of a well. It's, a well is not just one thing. So, you know, you need to be clear about which component of the well you're talking about, what phase of the well you're speaking of. Is it, you know, the drilling phase, the planning phase, completion phase, all those components or those pieces are important when you start the groundwork for having those discussions. Yeah, we're going to highlight those five phases of a well shortly. 
But is, you know, we've, we've talked about the components of a well. Is there a particular component of a well that is most important or pressing for geophysicists? I think there's a couple of pieces. You clearly need to know the right surface location because all your data is hung off that, if you will. The next probably critical thing for a geoscientist is what we would call the well bore, which is the path of the well cutting through the ground. Uh, Usually you get that represented in the directional survey and apply some math and physics to come up with where that, that is sitting positionally in relation to all your other data from all your other sources. Yeah, I would just say to, to I agree with Sue that the phrase I would use is the geometry of that well bore. So understanding the exact geometry of that well bore as it goes down through the subsurface is probably the most important thing. Yeah, and this special section is called the life of the well. So, and these five phases kind of reflect this life cycle of a well. So if one of you could, what what are these five phases for the life cycle of a well? There's the planning phase, the drilling phase, the completion phase, producing or operations, and then decommission. And, and I think people use, again, different semantic terms for that, but I think that covers primarily the life cycle. Sue, anything to add there? Well, maybe one more thing is that when you when you sell a well, it kind of fits into that last phase as far as how that company is reflecting and interacting with that well. Is there a particular phase of this cycle, the well cycle, where geophysics, they contribute the most or have the most important role in that phase? Yeah, I think I think it's probably the planning phase. So it's a geophysicist who are, you know, understanding the subsurface, the rock properties, probably more than anyone. So identifying where that next well needs to go in the planning process is where they is where they typically have the largest contribution. What is the importance of well logs for geophysical research? Great question. So well logs, to me, are the, the hard truth, the ground truth. And you need to tie your really hard data to your seismic and put the two of them together so that you can truly understand what you're looking at. It's all under the ground. We don't get to actually see it down there until we drill and get the data back so that we can find out what kind of rock it is and all of those properties that are important to geoscientists. Yeah, it must be real exciting for a geophysicist. They make a, a prediction and then they, they get to see whether, whether or not uh, they were accurate in, in their assessment there. What, what are some aspects of a well that makes ongoing geophysical assessment particularly difficult for a well? Well, I think especially in uh, developed fields, if you're going out into, you know, true green exploration fields, I think it's less of an issue because there's not a lot of well data that you can't have at your disposal, although it's true even for the few data that might be out there. To me, the biggest thing that that you need to be sure of is ensuring that the historical wells that you're using in the planning phase are accurate with respect to their location and the related data that you're pulling in for those wells. So making sure that the right data, like we've talked about, well logs, directional surveys, making sure that you've done the diligence, the data management to ensure that you're attaching the right related data to the to the well, the well surface and the well bore. Just making sure your data is accurate. 
you know, data is, is coming up quite a bit and you all work with data, is does data play a key role throughout all of the of the phases of a life cycle or is it a particular one or two phases where it really takes precedent? Well, the, you know, that's a great question. And I think, you know, the reason, obviously we're going to answer that it's that it's important through all phases, but but maybe not for the reasons that you think. I think it's so important throughout all phases because really the the life cycle, the phases of a well are circular. So although, you know, you may be talking about operating or producing a well, as you step out and look for other, you know, drillable prospects, you're going to be evaluating the, the other data in that field, including its the production trends and, and everything. So all of that data throughout the entire life cycle is important. It may be important more than anything when you're planning to have the locations correct, but it's also important when you're planning to understand what the production and the reserves around in your field and the developed field are as well. So it's all important. It all has a, a, a critical component depending on what phase of the development or planning you're doing. For a geophysicist looking and utilizing surface-based electromagnetic methods, how might the presence of a metallic well casing and surface piping impact using that particular method? Yeah, there, there's, a, there's a lot of methods. There's various methods that can be used to obtain the accurate magnetic surveys uh, that also account for a dense developed area, including gradiometry surveys or, you know, just having an accurate digital full field model, for example, can help. If you have a digital full field model, you can provide that to your magnetic processing company. All of those things can help. And the methods these days are, you know, are highly accurate. They, the data can be normalized. So it's a bigger question for the companies that are doing your magnetic surveys. I'm not a magnetic expert, but they can certainly account for, for a lot of uh, ground clutter noise, uh, whether that's right at the surface or just at, under the subsurface. How does a, a geophysicist navigate the use of seismic methods would, when they're in an active field with maybe all of this infrastructure and activity going around it? And, and it's kind of, it's similar to the last question. I mean, the use of a, a digital full field model is critical, understanding where you've got well bores already pe penetrating that reservoir, which ones are producing, which ones are not producing, but still have pipe in the ground, for example, all that's critical. So, you know, it's not just, important uh, to have a reservoir model, but a production model as well. A fully integrated field model is, is probably the most important thing you can do in a, in a highly developed field. And, and by the way, that's not a new problem for us. You know, the, I think the problem actually, the reason that it's actually, in my opinion, just a bigger problem, just the way we're organized uh, with our functional silos. I think, you know, 20 years ago, your geophysicist was on the same team as the drilling engineer or the completions engineer. So they worked the field as an asset. And so it was easy enough for them to work close together. They might be sitting next to each other. They had a, a deeper understanding because of the, you know, the way the teams were built of everything that was going on in that field, including everything subsurface, all the, all the casing in the ground, all the wells that were drilled, they were all working that as a single team. It's, become a highlighted issue today because we work primarily in functional silos. And so we're not working, a geophysicist may not be working as close on a day-to-day -day basis with the completion engineer, the drilling engineer, or the, you know, the production engineer. So that, that makes it a bigger challenge, just the fact that the disciplines are, are working in silos.
Yeah, I've, I've been hearing that over and over lately from from the inter- the interviews about really knowing what the people you work with, what they're doing, what their challenges are, what they're working on, so you can best support each other and get your own work done as well. You know, looking a little bit more specifically at, at data management, what is the biggest challenge with respect to wells and data management? So a, a good place to start is to make sure that you position your well properly, both in X, Y, and Z, so that it's on the ground, in the right place, and all your wells are right in context of each other. And then it's really about that well is the entity that goes all the way across the organization, and you have to figure out in some way a process or a bunch of different systems. How do you tie that all together so that you're talking about the same well when you're looking at the finance in SAP so that you can bring all of that information together and truly run analytics to understand Am I making a difference? Is what I'm doing actually counting somehow? Yeah, that that, that always is essential there, is what I'm doing really making a dent in what we're trying to do here. And and lastly, I, I love hearing from different people and different perspectives on this last question here. What principle, teaching, or point of view has helped you succeed in your field? Well, for me, I think I learned a long time ago that data management can't be looked at like a project. Um, You can't decide one year that, okay, we're going to do a data management project and do that project. And then your life is good and everything moves along. It's not a project. It's like safety. Um, Everyone's responsible for it and it never stops being important. So you always have to pay attention to it. You have to be disciplined. That's probably the, the biggest learning I've had over my career. I would agree, Pat. It's not a task. It's a profession. You can't stop doing it and expect that things are going to come together. What if we treated our banking data like that? Yeah, data management always needs to stay front of mind. That's a good good reminder and good note for people. Well, I appreciate you speaking on, on this topic. I think it's obviously an essential aspect of every geophysicist's work or a lot of geophysicists' work. So getting a perspective about the well and especially a little bit more in depth on the data side is wonderful. So thank you, Sue and Patrick, for joining me today. Thank you. Thank you, Andrew. SEG produces Seismic Sound Off to benefit its members, the scientific community, and inform the public on the value of geophysics. To show your support for this show, please leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Simply go to Seismic Sound Off on Apple Podcasts and Spotify on your phone. It takes less than five seconds to leave a five-star rating and is the number one action you can take to show your appreciation for this free resource. And follow the podcast while you are on the app to be notified when each new episode releases. Original music created by Zach Bridges. This episode was hosted, edited, and produced by me, Andrew Gary at 51 Features. The SEG podcast team is Jennifer Cobb, Kathy Gamble, and Ali McGinnis. Thank you for listening. This is Seismic Sound Off, signaling off.